in the 1960s, about 95% of the clothing Americans bought was, was made right here in America. We had employment. We had, you know, factories, and those factories could make all kinds of stuff. Now, 97% is made overseas. We don't make anything anymore. We're the financial center. Yeah, that's working out well, isn't it? American workers making American products. That is important to the people at American Giant. I want you to go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. These are the people that are trying to save and bring back American industry. One of the things that I just, I absolutely love are their hoodies. They are the best. Their hoodies, their sweatshirts, they are the old American sweatshirt that people like Champion used to make, but they don't make them anymore because the machines aren't made anymore. American Giant went and bought the old machines. They had been shipped over to Japan. They brought them back, taught people in North Carolina how to use them. And now this mill that was going to be closed down is operating like nobody's business. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Clothing that means something. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. I don't know how you feel about the Republicans, but they're doing a bang up job, and I have great hope for the future with the Republicans in charge because they're, they're doing, no, I think they got it together. Um, I'm sorry, did I have to say something out loud there? How do you feel about the Republicans? How do you feel about the Democrats? You know, I saw the speaker was vacated, and then the Republicans came out and said, you know what? And the other thing, we're going to kick Nancy Pelosi out of her office. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You hadn't done that before? Yeah, well, I mean, she had another private office in the office of the speaker. I mean, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to show some... You wanted to show... You wanted... What? Well, you know, in a spirit of bipartisan... Bipartisanship? What are you talking about? This is the first time the speaker, when they were kicked out weren't kicked out of the office how's that even possible and now is the time that you decide to do it really what the hell is going on mark levin is here he's going to be chatting about that and his new book the democrat party hates america Really? Yes. Yes, apparently so. Mark is here to tell us all about it in 60 seconds. Man's best friend comes with his own set of health needs. If you're a dog owner, you know what I'm talking about. It's bad enough that, you know, that we're throwing dry kibble food into a bowl. I didn't know this, but I guess I should have thought of it. You know, kibble food is sterilized, so it has to sit on a shelf by law for about two years. Well, that cooks all of the good stuff out of it. Yeah, well, yes, but they do they do spray flavor on it. 
after they've cooked all the good stuff out. So at least it tastes good, I guess, to your dog. The folks at Rough Greens want you to know brown food is dead food. You want the greens, the stuff that's healthy for your dog. This was developed by naturopathic doctor. It has all the vitamins and minerals your dog needs. They want to send you the first bag free. All you do is call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Get your first trial bag free. Uh, just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN-33 or rough, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash back. My friend, Mark Levin. How are you, sir? I mean, look, I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> What is your take on what happened yesterday in the House? Well, I've been very outspoken about this. I know many people want to get behind Matt Gates. I am not one of them. Mm. So I guess I'm a neocon rhino sellout. But that yeah. said... <laughs> um, don't you hate this? Don't you I, hate I, this? I put it on my business card. Oh. I don't have one, of course. We uh, Look... You and I have spent decades fighting these wars. This is one of the dumbest-ass wars I've ever seen. Why? you got guys who claim to be conservatives. One of them, Nancy Mace, who votes against McCarthy because he wouldn't put an abortion bill on the floor. He wouldn't put a gun control bill on the floor. She's a complete head case. you got another guy, Andy Biggs, president of the state senate in Arizona who blocked convention of states. He runs for Congress, he wins, a woman replaces him, and then Arizona becomes one of 20 states passing a resolution for Convention of States. That's where my head is, Convention of States. Then you got another guy, this guy from Tennessee that nobody ever heard of before. Why is he mad? He says because McCarthy criticized his religion when he spoke to him. By the way, I'm not a special pleader for McCarthy, and I'm not a special pleader for Gates. I call him as I see him, as do you. And so he says what he says. It doesn't make sense. You know why he voted against McCarthy? Because he chaired a subcommittee, and he said he worked really hard on this UFO issue, and he wanted to chair this committee on the UFOs, and Comer told him he's not in line to him. And he got very angry. That's why he votes against McCarthy. Then we have Gates, who goes to the floor of the House, and I'm listening to him very, very carefully. This is very important. And he says, we didn't have regular order. He promised us 12 bills. I had Tom Massey on the show, who's a longtime libertarian conservative. Mm-hmm. He's the best of the best. I He's love the him. gold standard. Love him. He's, he said, that's not what happened. You got to get these bills out of committee. The Democrats were larding up these things. It was the conservatives who killed them in committee. We couldn't get these bills to the floor. It had nothing to do with violating a promise or anything else. And he said on my show... You can't have it both ways. Regular order where whatever comes out of a committee goes to the floor. And at the same time, we need to cut the budget. He said the Democrats were playing us. Some of the eight and others voted against it to kill it in committee so it couldn't get to the floor. So I'm listening to him and I said, well, then what's this 12 bill stuff that Gates? He he said, Gates knows this. I said, okay. Uh, then I listen myself to Gates say, we have $33 trillion debt. And I said on the air, I don't remember Gates speaking up against all this COVID spending. And Massey mm-hmm. said he never did, not once. I said, well, that was like $3 trillion right there. They wanted to spend $6 trillion. Almost none of it went to quote unquote COVID or the pandemic, it went to the teachers unions and everything else. Yep. 
I am telling you that if you're going to blow up the House, blow it up for the right reasons. I worked in the Reagan administration. We shut the government down eight times. We knew exactly why we were shutting it down. He wanted his MX missile system. They wouldn't give it to him. He wanted those medium-range nuclear weapons in, uh, in Europe to defeat the Soviets, which is what happened. And he shut it until he got it. And he fought over water projects and everything else. Very specific. This is, we have a $33 trillion debt, debt, so let's burn down Washington. Okay, great. So what are they going to do now? That was my the question. Democrats control the budget now. Yeah, they control I, it. I, I would love to see the, I, you know, I'm not a fan of McCarthy. However, what is your plan now? You don't run away from something. You run toward something. They weren't running toward anything. Who are they oh, yeah. running to? Yeah. Who's going to take it? They ran towards the squad and Hakeem Jeffries. Behind the scenes, they were working with them while complaining that McCarthy's working with the Democrats. I don't want anyone working with them for anything. 15% of the Democrats in the House are Marxists. They're outspoken, quote-unquote, Democratic Socialists. Why the hell are you working with the Progressive Caucus and going to whatever her, Jamala, whatever, going, <laughs> trying to coordinate with her... Why, why are you going to AOC like you have a real love lust for the, for the woman? It's constant. And then you're raising money on it, and that's righteous. He's doing that for the people. He's sending out emails to put together lists to run for governor. Well, at least I'm not paid for by the special end. Hey, bro, you have a 20-point Republican preference. You represent the Republican pan, the, uh, panhandle of Florida. And those are wonderful patriots. They're never going to vote for a Democrat. Then you got this guy, Rosendale, from Montana, who ran for the Senate and lost last time and wants to run again. And he says he prayed for a very small Republican majority in the House. So he and the others would have this control. Well, that's constitutional. So eight of you could run the House of Representatives with the Democrats? Let me tell you something. He made sure he won his election. But he didn't want enough people to come in where we had a big majority. You know, there's a lot of patriotic conservatives that lost in that midterm election that many of us voted for, like here in Northern Virginia. We had a great guy running. He lost by 1% in a purple or actually more blue district, Loudoun County, Virginia, for God's sakes. And am I glad he lost so Rosendale has more power? This guy's from Montana. He has nothing to do with me. And so you've got all just so many weird things going on and people need to scratch their heads and ask this. Is Chip Roy a rhino? Is mm -mm. Byron Donald's a rhino? Mm -mm. Is Jim George? Is every other member of the Freedom Caucus who voted against these guys? Are they rhinos too? No. There's a difference between anarchy and constitutional conservatism. Read your constitution, folks. There's no anarchy in there. There's no mobocracy. They oppose the mobocracy. They oppose the powerful central government. You know this. They set up a complex governing system. Our only hope right now is the House of Representatives with a tiny majority. The Senate Republicans have sold us out. And here's the bottom line. That last bill that they proposed was negotiated by Chip Roy and Byron Donalds with Ted Cruz and other conservative Republicans in the Senate. 
the plan was that this would pass. The greatest cut in a short-term CR, probably in American history, certainly in our lifetimes, 30% protecting the Defense Department, the Border Patrol, and veterans. That was it. So that would affect the FBI. It would affect the Department of Justice. It would affect all this stuff. And it was negotiated by the conservatives, get it to the Senate, so we have some leverage over Mitch McConnell, who's a real SOB, that guy, selling us out every time. Five of them killed it. They said, no, shut the government down. They said, shut it down. This is better. We don't know what we'll get if we shut it down. Do this. And we have the support. We negotiated with the rhinos and everything else. They're with us. Let's do it. And they killed it. That's why I, I've, I've had it with these people. And people shouldn't just follow them. Wow, they were really going to do it. They're doing nothing. Zero. And but I'll tell you one other thing. You would, I would not negotiate with Hakeem Jeffries and these Democrat Marxists and the squad and all the rest of them if you put a gun to my head. These people are destroying our country. At every turn, they are the enemy, not adversaries. They are the enemy. And you're cutting deals with them. You're throwing in your vote with them, and then you're saying you're the true believer. You're cutting deals with the Democrat majority. And now we're going to have a bigger bloated budget. The border's going to remain open because part of that bill that they opposed had the strictest restrictions on the border ever passed by the House of Representatives. I read it. It's unbelievable. Would it pass the Senate? Well, they don't control the Senate. But it would have given our conservatives in the Senate something to negotiate with. Look at the House. Look what they passed, Mr. McConnell. We've got to do something about these things. Now they have nothing. Zero. And so I would ask people who are defending and promoting these people, do you know who they are? How many of you know the guy from Tennessee? How many of you know the guy from Montana? How many of you really know about Nancy Mays, who's a complete head case out of South Carolina? So this is my problem, uh, that we had good momentum going in. Forget about personalities, about, about McCarthy and Scully. I don't care. We had good momentum going in, and now we're stuck. Everything, everything is frozen. Everything. And we're attacking the most conservative body we have. If it's not conservative enough, let's fix it. The Senate's gone. The presidency's gone. The courts are gone. We have a five-vote majority in the House who are doing more with that five-vote majority than anybody else, and we just crippled it. What the hell are we doing? That's my take, Len. Well, you know, the one thing I love about having talk show hosts on is I asked a question about I don't know, 11 minutes ago, and it was it was a great answer. I was waiting so, for you to interrupt. <laughs> no, I didn't want to. It was a great answer. All right. I want to talk to you about, I mean, you know, I don't think there's anything more plain. The Democrat Party hates America. Uh, I believe it. I want to hear your case. Uh, we'll do that in 60 seconds. Uh, you can't talk your way out of pain. If you have happen to be living with it, you know. You can't reason your way out. You just have to... Play that delightful game where you keep trying things until something works or you just give up. You're like, "Ah, 
this is not going to happen. It's not worth it. I can tell you that that is the way I felt for a long time, for about five years. And thank God I live with a wonderful, wonderful woman, my wife. She, she insisted, you're trying everything. You're trying this. And I'm not listening to wine all the time. You got to try this. So I did. And it was a relief factor. Three weeks later, I told her that it wasn't working for me. She said, fine. And so it was the deal. Three weeks. I stopped taking it. And then my pain came rushing back. And I was like, okay, okay. All right. I was wrong. It was working. I thought there I was just having a good couple of weeks. Now, relieffactor.com. Try the, the quick start. It's a three-week trial, just like I took. You take it as directed and then be honest. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. So before we get to the book, how much time do you have, first of all? Can, can I keep you until about a quarter till? Let me see. Actually, yes. I have a lifetime, my brother. How are okay. you? <laughs> uh, I mean, this is the opposite end of the clock for you, too. I mean, you're getting up and you're, and you're this fired up. I love it. Um, so, Mark, first, let me, let me ask you, do you see a plan? Is there a plan is there something that we're hoping for at this point? No, I'd love to see one. I mean, when, when Gates is asked who would he accept, he starts naming liberal members of the House. I'm going, holy crap. Um, I don't know what the plan is. Uh, I don't even know who would want to be Speaker at this point. Forget about uh, McCarthy and so forth. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, you're still going to have these eight. And the way this works is, from a propaganda and demagoguery point of view, these guys are going to claim victory no matter what happens. So in other words, let's say they actually pick, let's say a Jim Jordan, who I love, who I think is terrific. Yes. And they're going to say, see, if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't have Jim Jordan. That's, they, they've got it all planned out. And the fact of the matter is one of the biggest supporters of the previous speaker was Jim Jordan. And he even gave a speech on the floor. Why? I asked him. He said, because he let us do what we needed to do. He never interfered. We would tell him what we need. He'd say, if you need a subpoena, whatever you need, I'll take care of it and so forth and so on. The Rules Committee, there were more conservatives on the Rules Committee in the history of the House of Representatives. Uh, they had Tom Massey on there, Byron Donald's on there, and another conservative, oh, Chip Roy, who had the power to block anything and to promote anything. And so uh, he said... Uh, He's been in the House for, for a while now. He says he came into the same time as McCarthy did. And he said, it's never been more open, period. And he said, it's so open that everybody with a grievance was thinking about voting against him. So that's how you get the Nancy Maces in there and the Rosendales and these other people in there. And, uh, and that's why I think Chip Roy's biggest problem was Sometimes we have to accept victory. When we have a 30% cut in a border security bill, which is the strongest the House has ever passed, this is, a, this, is, this is a 30-day bill. Why the hell wouldn't we just pass it? I said, it beats me. That's why I'm not a politician. I can't figure you guys out, to be perfectly honest with you. But... Uh, so, you know, you that. you said, um, Mark, that the Democratic Party, I think you said 16 percent are are named <laughs> Marxist. They, they are fine with being Democratic, Socialist or Marxist. 
That's correct. How did this happen? Well, here's the truth. The fact is, and that's the point of the book, you're very good. That's a good segue there. Thank I, you. I just Thank you. Say, yeah, well. The, uh, everything I know I learned from Glenn, man. Yeah, <laughs> right. You are, you are top shelf, baby. All right. Uh, look, here's the bottom line with this book. The book explains that the Democrat Party has never accepted America's founding. It has never accepted its principles. We wouldn't have had a civil war but for the Democrat Party. The vast majority of Americans not only didn't own slaves, they never met slaves. Even in the South, a tiny percentage, tiny, big enough, don't get me wrong, but, a, but, but not the vast majority of the Correct. people in the South. They were too poor to own slaves. Slavery was an abomination. And who perpetuated it? The Democrat Party. Who was prepared to destroy the country to defend it? The Democrat Party, the party of the Confederacy. Look, we don't have enough time. The book's 400 pages long, but I'll tell you this. I decided to take on their icons, FDR, uh, Good for you. the Kennedy family, mm. Lyndon Johnson. People are going to learn things about these people they couldn't possibly have known because the Democrat Party writes our history, or I should say rewrites our history. So all the things the Democrat Party today condemns, and we condemn, back in our history, is their history. I mean, they did this to the country, and they projected onto the Republican Party, and I talk about that as being the biggest con that's ever been perpetrated against the American people. And I explain that they supported eugenics for racial reasons. When you want a more perfect society, and you're part of this progressive era, progressive movement, what I call American Marxists, early Marxists. Yeah. If you need a more perfect society, you need a more perfect citizenry. And so they backed eugenics aggressively. And, and you look at Woodrow Wilson. This was a sick man. <laughs> I mean, people, yeah, people who were applying to the federal bureaucracy mm-hmm. for jobs, mm-hmm. the first time they put in place that you had to provide a photograph. So blacks wouldn't get jobs. Yeah. Let me bounce around a little bit. FDR. Uh, hang on, just a sec. Hang on, we're gonna we're gonna pick this up. You had me I'm at Woodrow sorry. Wilson here, um, but uh, we're gonna pick this back up with Mark Levin. The name of the book is "The Democrat Party Hates America." Mark Levin. More in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, You know, as you're paying your bills and everything, it feels like you're paddling a little rowboat across the ocean and there's a hole in the boat. You know that cutting down and, and, and saving where you can is a good idea, the best idea, but you're probably out of options on being able to do that. And you don't know where to turn. If I'm describing your bill paying time, Turn to American Financing. American Financing, I want you to call them. They've been in the business for 20 years. I've done endorsements for them for maybe 10 years, maybe longer than that. Um, and they are people that is a family-owned, operated kind of mentality. And they don't work for the banks. They work for you. So call them and tell them your situation. You know, if you take your 25% credit card rate... And you cut it down to seven, you can pay those things off. 
You can save up to $700 a month. That's what the average person is savings now. Please go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll get Blaze TV with Glenn Beck and, of course, Mark Levin. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. You know, I have to tell you, we have Mark Levin on. He is uh, the author of the new book, Democratic, uh, The Democrat Party Hates America. Um, and the one thing that, um, you know, has helped me get my arms around what's happening to us now, because um, I swore off the word evil. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to call people evil or movements evil unless, you know, it's it's actually evil. Um, and uh, I can't call this anything but evil now, what is being proposed. Because we're talking about a party that is shout your abortion, shout for death, uh, you know, stand up for genital mutilation of our children, uh, of putting pedophiles um, and and uh, and making them look good, telling others you'll never make it because of skin color or you're bad because of your skin color. All of this stuff is evil. It's just evil. When do you think that really grabbed the Democrat Party by the throat, Mark? Well, you know, Glenn, I'd say slavery was pretty bad, and <laughs> eugenics was pretty bad. Okay, so class. maybe early, yeah. But that it's changed. There's no question about it. It's shifted. And my point here is to explain to the public that this is in the Democrat Party's DNA. It is a war against the civil society, the beliefs and values that this nation was founded on. It's never embraced them. Their great icons have always rejected natural law and the Declaration of Independence. Yes. When they cite it, they keep out the parts about God. They will tell us that the Constitution was written by slavers, they call them. So therefore, everything that flows from that is illegitimate and racist. And this is how, of course, you destroy a country in many ways, and they're destroying it in every way. So now we're rewriting our history who rewrites their history? Totalitarian regimes, Marxist regimes, fascist regimes. They rewrite their history. You know, the people who really get what's going on here, I talk to them all the time. I know you do, too. The people that have come from authoritarian countries, and they all look at me and say the same thing. What the hell is happening? Why, uh, why aren't Americans waking up? Well, what? I mean, this is what happened in my country. What are you doing? Yep. And what you said is so right on because... In writing this book, the research, I read one pretty well-known scholar after another who escaped these regimes, the Third Reich, Mao, Castro, Soviet Union. They all say the same thing, pretty much. Uh, the language has changed to accommodate the party. The party replaces the state that is the country. You need allegiance to the party. Uh, everything comes through the party why it's centralized and everything is said to be done in the name of the people and one virtuous promise after another virtuous promise it's almost like a cloud of hypnosis mm -hmm. it's the public and people get used to being dumbed down they get used to using words that they never used before in a way that they never used them before they get used to censorship and the scarlet letter and the wokeism 
And then one day they wake up and say, what the hell's going on? And that's when it's too late. Because it's very hard to reverse these things. That's why, to come full circle in the opening of your discussion with me, when I look at what's going on and what just took place yesterday, I get nauseous. We have a, we have a party that is literally destroying this country that is unchecked. We have a five-vote majority in the House. It's the only place that anything is taking place. And in our republic, such as it is, as it remains, we have divided government. We control barely one-half of a bicameral Congress. Anything that comes out of that House can be vetoed. If it even gets through the Senate and their filibuster and Mitch McConnell, you want to know the real Uniparty? Mitch McConnell and Schumer. You want yes. to know the rest of the Yuma party? Yesterday, Gates and Hakeem Jeffries. Now, that's sick. So I just want to make the point. The point of the book is, look, ideas do have consequences. Marx has consequences. The founders' ideas had consequences. But people need to know the truth. And that's why there's 65 pages of hundreds and hundreds of endnotes at the end of this book. And it took me 16 months to write it. The fact of the matter is if people understand really what the Democrat Party, the black community understands that the FDR not only didn't lift a finger for the black community, but, for example, when a federal anti-lynching bill hit his desk in 1940, he wouldn't sign it because he was running for an unprecedented third term and he wanted to win the South. Joe Lewis came out, the great boxer, hmm. and said, I'm voting for Wendell Wilkie. I'm not voting for him. Or 1936, when FDR excluded, uh, invited all the white Olympians. Yeah, Jesse Owens not invited. The great Jesse Owens. And Jesse Owens was asked, did Hitler snub you? He said, Hitler didn't snub me. I never met Hitler. Franklin Roosevelt snubbed me. And from that point forward, he was a Republican the rest of his life. People need to understand the history here, our anti-Semitism. You look at Franklin Roosevelt. Obviously, the Holocaust was occurring at the time. He tells the New York Times and others, kind of keep it quiet, William. That's not really our focus right now. And also, what does he do? His good friend, when they both worked at the Navy Department under Woodrow Wilson, his good friend was in charge of immigration at the State Department. And the Jews who were trying to become refugees and flee Europe and especially Germany we were way under our cap. There was a quota for different ethnicities for Jews. And he refused to let them in. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them. Congress found out about it in 1944 and had a fit. And only then did FDR remove him. But a lot of people went to their gas chambers that didn't have to go to gas chambers, yeah. Nazi gas chambers. I, and I go to LBJ and all the rest of them. They're all... Really, we've had we've had lies. Tell me how. About t- tell me how LBJ is the champion of the Great Society, the guy who stopped the Civil Rights Act in 1959, and then became the champion of the Black family with everything in the Great Society. It. it, it I mean, you couldn't design a more racist package and a more destructive thing to the Black family than that. How that happened? Right. It happened because he's a Democrat. They control the media. They control the history. LBJ never had an epiphany. His two greatest biographers say he never had an epiphany, and all of a sudden, 
He became a civil rights leader after spending his entire life and his public career as a racist segregationist. You talk about this 1957 Civil Rights Act and Eisenhower. Eisenhower was serious about it, and he was pushing the Civil Rights Act. Uh, remember, he sent the 82nd Airborne down there <clears throat> to Arkansas, I believe it was, mm-hmm. to straighten things out. But that said, he goes into Eisenhower, and this is all in the book, and he says, I'm going to block this law. And Eisenhower says, why? He said, because I don't believe in it, and I've got the, the numbers to block it. He says, unless you take the teeth out of it, the enforcement mechanism. Hmm. So Eisenhower is furious. But several months later, he and his staff get together and they say, well, we can't get anything if we don't do this because Johnson's going to block it, the filibuster. So he signs it. And Johnson goes to his fellow segregationists from the South and he says, support it. It's got no teeth. So they support it. Now, why did Johnson do this? Because he was plotting to run for president. And he wanted to come off, wanted to play both sides as a civil rights leader to the North and as the great savior to the South. And that's exactly what he did. This man never had, this man, right up to, to his death, was using the N-word left and right. Oh, we yeah. have the audio of it. Horrible. His butler said so. His driver said so. He was a nasty dude. And even when he nominated Thurgood Marshall to the Supreme Court, he said, I found a really important N-word because when I appoint an N-word, I want the world to know that I appointed that N-word. This is what you're dealing with. So let me How ask you. How many Republican governors were blocking schoolhouse doors? <laughs> Nobody. None. Um, l- let me ask you. The, the whole thing is, you know, Marxism is against all human nature. It just, that's why it never works. It's against human nature. Um, but... They go further than this. They, I believe, are anti-human. And you know it with eugenics. Now they're doing it through transhumanism. It's the same thing. They're just trying to be God and create the perfect, the perfect society, which will look exactly like what? Like hell. Mm. Because human beings are created as imperfect creatures. And we have imperfect societies because we have imperfect people. So societies are built around imperfect people, not built around perfecting human nature. So in other words, if you're a really lousy person who's committing criminal acts, you're supposed to have a rule of law and you go to prison and we take you out of society. You don't destroy the entire society and recreate it. Based on what? Based on Marx? And I talk about him, too. What a slovenly, stupid man he was. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't even write half of his stuff. And in the Communist Manifesto, you talked about the family. He specifically says you have to destroy the family. Yes. You have to destroy religion. You have to destroy anything. Gramsci, Gramsci, which you talk about in the book, said the same thing. Gramsci, all of them. Lenin, they all believed this. Stalin... And so that's why you have millions of people dying, or in our country, millions of people impoverished. And now on the border, hundreds of people dying from eugenics, thousands of people dying from abortion. God knows how many people dying. You know, Mark, and, yes. let me get, I've, I've only got about 90 seconds left. 
Is this revolution, uh, oh. which is what we're what we're in right now? I'm kidding. Yeah. Are we? Do we survive this? Do we? Show me a path to make it past the 2025 inauguration. You know, Glenn, I'm always asking, am I a pessimist or am I an optimist? Or what are the answers? I read many books with answers in the back, so far they're not working. And so I say in the end of this book, and I'll say now, I don't know if we win or lose. Right now we're losing. But I would say this, like a military operation, if you're a patent or somebody like that, I'm not in the prediction business. Fight like hell for your country, for your family, for your faith, for your liberty. In every way you can in your role of life. Even just reading a book and passing it on to somebody else. There are tens of millions of us. Tens of millions of Thomas Paines and Paul Revere's out there who do not, who do not accept what's happening to this country. So it's our job as citizens, whatever we are, I don't care if you're... A janitor, an electrician, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever you are, whomever you are, you come across people every day. Engage them. Speak to them. You don't have to beat them over the head. Explain that that party over there doesn't believe in what you believe in, even if they're Democrats. I don't mean these zombie activist bomb throwers. I'm talking about there's a lot of Democrats out there who've yes. served in the military, who are police officers, blue-collar workers. Yes. They have no idea who is behind this. That's why I wrote the book. That's why the title is Blunt as Hell. That's why Barnes & Noble won't display it. Jeez. That's their problem. Yeah, well, good thing we don't need them anymore. Um, Mark Levin, thank you so much. The name of the book is The Democrat Party Hates America. You want to learn the real story behind the Democratic Party? This is it. The Democrat Party Hates America by Mark Levin. As always, Mark, it is good to have you and, and great to be your partner. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Bye-bye. 20 years ago, stunning development in sleepwear emerged on the scene when Mike Lindell introduced to the world to MyPillow. Now, 20 years later, he's upgraded the original MyPillow with new technology. MyPillow 2.0 has the same patented adjustable feel. It is crazy. I don't know how, you know those uh, things that are you know, like, they're, they're, I don't know, they're kind of like Legos or, you know, pickup sticks or something. You just kind of, they're all connected and you can pull them up and they're a, a big ball. Oh yeah, they're like in every like science store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what the my pillow is. It really is. I don't mm. know the structure inside, but you can fluff it and it, it stay. It's weird. I don't know how he's made them, but anyway, now he's improved it. Now it's made with fabric that actually has temperature regulating thread. Seventy nine ninety eight. A limited time right now. Go to mypillow.com. Use my promo code Beck. You'll get it for thirty nine ninety nine. That's forty dollars and a penny off. Uh, my pillow, ten year warranty, sixty day money back guarantee. I don't think you're going to use it or need it, but you know it's there. Mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square and get the queen size mind pillow for two point uh, the my pillow two point uh, for thirty nine ninety nine. King size for only ten dollars more. Eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. Eight hundred nine six six thirty one seventeen. My pillow two Get it now. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program.
Tonight, 9 o'clock, you're going to meet the one family that the Biden administration uh, is trying to deport. It is a Christian family that came here with legitimate asylum needs. And uh, out of, you know, out of the millions of people, we're going to have, by the end of his administration, the we, we'd have enough illegals here now that have just come in under his administration to be the 11th largest state. Okay. But he wants to kick this family out. You're going to meet them tonight. You don't want to miss it. Of course, you could... You could watch uh, what is it uh, the the source tonight? Oh, on the, CNN with uh, with um, Caitlin Collins. Caitlin Collins. Yes. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. If I said, "Hey, did you see the source last night with Caitlin Collins?" How many people would would know the network? Would know her name? Mm. Would know the show? I mean, would, the ne- they know would, the time part. I mean, we're at zero point one on almost all those questions. Her yeah. name, maybe twelve percent. No, of America knows her name. No, I, well, she's the. I mean, she did the thing with Trump. She's their lead. Yeah, White but it House was supporter. on CNN. That's like well, the. That's like the witness protection program. You go to CNN if you don't want to be found. <laughs> that's a, that's a fair point. All right, yeah. I'll lower my estimate. Okay, eight, yeah, right. six, no. six. Six, maybe six or four. I mean, nobody's watching. The Glenn Beck Program.